Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop, episode 211. Graham is busy doing something like a golf or discs or whatever. So um, it's Halloween tomorrow, guys, and I needed someone spooky in my co-host, mainly because Graham said that I've been seconded to book this person. Um, well, who else better than the rest of which herself? Melissa making her triumphant return to Good Cop, Bad Cop. How are you, my dear? Oh, uh, you know, uh, I feel like it'll be a lot less exciting since I am grounded from drinking on the podcast, but I think we'll make do. I think we'll be okay. Well, to be fair, that was that was not on Good Cop, Bad Cop. You were drinking, so that's fine. Talk oh, at a no, it wasn't. Talk at a table, on the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> it, I've yeah. done not this ever Christmas crack I've ever done. 42 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> and that wasn't all of it, guys, either. That was just the best juicy bits. And, and, and for record, Conrad is now technically an adult. Okay. I, he isn't. He will always be a literal child to me. He, he, he is. He's, 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 a like, he's six foot four. He's and he's he has facial hair. He's, he's he'll be twenty by the time he comes to the wedding. <laughs> okay, he's okay. He still can't drink in the U.S. He's still a baby. Well, it depends which state you're in, I suppose. Some states you could drink at eighteen. So he's a child <laughs> compared to us. Absolutely. I mean, it's but to be fair, um, I've missed you dearly. Um, so normally we give people who are guesting on the show a chance to plug their show, but you don't have a podcast per se. You're just a super fan of wrestling, really, aren't you? I am a super fan of independent wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is what a lot of the time makes me having having me on the podcast a little bit different is that everyone else will bring up WWE and AEW and I'm going to sit here for the next hour and complain about Kansas. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, as you may or may not know from recent podcasts and things, I'm obviously um, a big fan of CXW, uh, which is mm-hmm. our, lo- our new local independent organization and Bed is having their fourth show in a in a few weeks' time, and they're going to crown their first tag champions, and it's all very exciting. Um, they've not had a bad show yet. Uh, we had the um, owner on a few months back, uh, a wonderful man he is too. Um, so I say you, you can find all of his their stuff over on YouTube as well. So if you want to catch what they're doing, them, listen, I'd like to hear your input. Being an independent fan that you are, yeah, and then I have the added the added benefit and trauma of my husband being a wrestler in my current independent circuit <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing in your opinion as a um it was it was a good as a fan it's hmm. what well, it's honestly what you make of it it's how far do you want to separate yourself from it um i found that like we just left kansas i don't know any of the guys here but i knew a lot of the guys in north carolina and it's one of those things where I couldn't watch certain matches because I knew these dudes. Like this, like I'm watching um, a not death match, but a hardcore match. Yeah. Um, and 
I can't watch it because like the three of these four dudes were at my kitchen table four days ago playing with my son. You know what I mean? So as a fan, it kind of affects what, and you know, you know, I'm not really a hardcore fan either way. But like now I really can't watch certain matches because like I know the guys yeah. do it. And I'm like, I, this, this dude is going to be sitting at my table bleeding from this match next week. Eating, like eating my, the pot roast I made, but like still bleeding from this match. And I, so I, there's some matches I just can't watch because like I'm friends with the dudes that are doing it. Omar's been banned from hardcore matches. I will not let him do them. Um, that's like my one hard and fast rule is as his wife is that he's not allowed to do hardcore death matches. Um, he doesn't have the inclination to do them because he's kind of a baby, mm-hmm. but like that. I've only ever given him one rule with wrestling, and that's my one rule. I think that's a fair enough rule. Uh, I've seen relatively few death matches in person, uh, but they 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 can be terrifying. And so it's not a case of what could go wrong; it's what you've seen go wrong with other people, and you don't want it happening to other half. I I totally respect that, and I get that. And well, as as you say, clearly Omar respects that, so that's all good. Yeah. Speaking of good, that's actually quite a good transition, I suppose, into the good cop moments. Oh, look at you being a professional in transitioning. Wow. Yeah. Good. Bad. Right, so guests get to go first. So, Melissa, what is your main good cop moment of the week, month, year, whenever? Um, so... My main good cop moment right now, because I've been kind of inundated with um, multiple interviews of this person, honestly, is MJF right now. Mm-hmm. He, as like an interviewee, um, has been such a freaking treat. Like all of the interviews he's done, he did with like Not Sam Wrestling, KCF, I think it is, yeah. and a few other places. He's done a bunch of YouTube interviews. And on top of like just like funny things, like at one point, like one one interview, he talked about like the crucifixion of Jesus, which is really really funny. It's a little blasphemous, so if you're sensitive to that, that don't listen to it. That is bizarre for a wrestler to be doing that in an interview for sure. Well, he's a Jewish. Well, they well they brought it up in the context of him being Jewish. Ah. Um. So at that context, it makes a little bit more sense. I guess so. Yeah. But so like he is such a he's a such a funny interviewer. Because you can sometimes catch where, like, he... Because every interview he's done, even with Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's stayed in character the entire time. But as the years have gone on, and I've listened to him do interviews, you can sometimes catch when it's him and when it's his his character. Mm. And you can really tell when it's him when he talks about his fiance. He loves that woman so much. And it is so goddamn cute. Because any, like, any, like pompous, arrogant behavior you get of, out of MJF disappears the moment you ask him to talk about his fiance and it is and if you watch his face change he legitimately loves that woman and it is freaking adorable and I enjoy like my husband sends me interviews of him talking about her and it's just cute it's like a big old pit bull melting down and like ha- like when he sees his favorite stuffy it's super adorable and it like gives me like the warm and fuzzies like so even when he's trying to be like an arrogant annoying twit when he's talking about his fiance, you can just see how much he loves her, and you're like, "Oh, I know you're trying to be like gross, but like it's cute." Mm. It's like love conquers all sort of thing. Um, 
I mean, I I like I like the hope that Chris is like that when he talked about me. I can't say for certain if I'm the same or talk about him, but uh, it it does make me feel. I mean, I've seen some of the interviews with MJF and he's doing a lot more of them recently. Um, and some more of them you you couldn't always tell as you're saying if you if he was MJF or MJF, as it were. Uh, now it's be- it's becoming a little bit easier to read the signs a bit better. Or, uh, but as you say, men- when he mentions that woman, oh my goodness, that that, that, that I say I say the woman, uh, because, not meaning to be derogatory, of course, but he talks about his fiance. He he just seems like. I I I I get this. I get that feeling that he, as you say, loves her. Yeah. And there's nothing sweeter than that. Nothing better than that. Because anyway, isn't that what we all want? No. Yeah. Exactly. And like, he, it, it's it's kind of also like a mix of like, like beauty tamed the beast because he's su- like he literally has this reputation of being such an ass. Yeah. And she's just. And like he just like melts when he talks about her. It's like, oh, look at you being domesticated. You're cute. So that's like my like my first and foremost like to the front of my dome. Good cop is that dude lo- really does love his fiance. It's kind of cute to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would recommend anyone um, to, to go and check out some of those interviews for sure because uh, MDF not as not as a uh, not as scary as he appears to be. Uh, right, my main good moment of the week. Um, there was a few of them to choose from, but um, I've gone with the fact that, as I as I mentioned last week, uh, a bit more on that really. Um, Triple H has pretty much removed all gimmick premium live events from the schedule, so that is Hell in a Cell gone, TLC gone. Um, the the matches are staying. But the events are going, and I think this is definitely a good thing, um, because we all like Hell in a Cell matches, obviously, for example, uh, because they are a, a good end of big rivalry, like with Triple H and Undertaker. That was a great way to, to finish that rivalry. Um, but over the years, we've had something like Randy Orton versus Mark Henry, and it just didn't feel right. Do you know what I mean, Melissa? Yeah, I do. It's. I think that it's been used too much at this point mm. in rivalries as bombastic as the ones in the past. Yeah. And because of that, it's kind of lost its grandeur. Absolutely. You know? I mean, the event that got me interested. Like I expect, I expect, I expect this, I, yeah. I expect you to throw a bunch of people in a cage, but like, do I care about these people in the cage? Do they care mm. about each other? Probably mm. not. Not anymore. Exactly. You exactly. The hell in a cell needs to mean something. I mean, the my first wrestling event I watched on my own was Armageddon 2000 with that amazing six man hell in a cell. Uh, it was probably it was always there in my mind. Seeing so kids get thrown off the cell, everything in that cell mattered. It was a culmination of the entire year's events. It made sense to do that. And yet, yeah. everything, I mean, some things, some things at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, but absolutely wonderful. 
For example, DX versus Legacy, that was the perfect way to end it. For example, that made sense, but it's just not always been good. It's just not always been good. So I'm glad that the match tries to stay, but they're going to be used sparingly and for the right reasons, which I'm all for. I agree. It's like I like I still to this day remember like like the the Hell in the Cell match where like John Cena won the title and then Edge came out immediately after the match and stole it from him with the Money in the Bank briefcase. And then he me, yeah, yeah. This is like early 2000. Yeah. And like that still is so ingrained in my mind of the outrage that I felt as a fan at the time. And the fact that I haven't really had any sort of like visceral reaction like that to a Hell in a Cell match ever since. Yeah. I, I mean, A, I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grown adult now, which, you know, whatever. But like, I just haven't found the same like prolific rivalry used in a Hell in a Cell match ever since. Mm. Which kind of makes me sad because like that's a perfect like, that's a perfect like nut up or shut up match for rivals, but we just haven't had the rival chemistry to do it right. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I mentioned Taker versus um, HB versus um, Triple H, obviously from WrestleMania twenty eight. He says grasping of straws. Um, that's a great <laughs> way to end a rivalry, obviously. But that was WrestleMania. That wasn't a Hell in a Cell pay per view. And yeah. and the Hell in a Cell pay per view, just call it No Mercy again. Heaven, you know, No Mercy was a perfectly fine name for pay per view. Yeah. But yeah, but why not? Right. Okay. Um, Graham is with leaning over guest when I'm not here for four times. So, anything else good cop related you have, Melissa? Um, yeah, actually. So, I've been to a few shows here in Kansas and mm-hmm. I found like two like hidden gem wrestlers okay. that I don't think are getting any like attention that they deserve. Um, and I've enjoyed interacting with them at wrestling shows and on Twitter um, when I have seen them. One of them is Leo Fox. He's mm-hmm. a um, control your narrative kid. Kid, he's like thirty five. Um, he's uh, he's attached to like the control your narrative group. Yeah. His Twitter handle is the sober slugger. He's a um, Iraq War vet. Um, super cool, down to earth guy. Great wrestler. Um, really knows how to work a crowd, works really clean and safely. And I have didn't see I haven't seen anyone even in Kansas really talking about him. Um, so that's one of my hidden gem wrestlers that I've seen nice. here. And then and I know we just got done talking about how I don't like death matches, but I saw him at a regular show. So mm-hmm. I get a mulligan on this one. Um there's a wrestler called Remington Roar. Um, and his last is R H O R. And he is a deathmatch wrestler by trade, but he does regular wrestling too, obviously. Super cool dude. Super nerdy. He has a Dungeons and Dragons tattoo and like um, a base cleft tattoo on his shoulder, which is how I started talking to him on Twitter. I was like, hey, tell me about your tattoo, my guy. Um, super cool dude. Really happy with interacting with fans in person and on Twitter. Good, clean wrestler. Um, looked, sa- looked like a safe wrestler to me, but I, I don't watch his deathmatch stuff, so... Um, those are like two hidden gem wrestlers I found while I'm here in Kansas. Nice. That I really enjoy seeing every time I see them. So nice. those are my only other two good pop moments are is finding two new like hidden gem wrestlers. Works for me. I'm always you always gonna find me a preview of someone who likes D D. So Yeah. 
it's never going to be a problem for me on that side of things. So, yeah, um, those, those people on Twitter again, Melissa, can people check them out? Uh, uh, Leo is the sober slugger. And then I think in Rem- Remington Roar is just his name, Remington Roar. Nice. Um, and the last name is R H O R. Okay. Oh, yeah, they're cool. They're too cool. They're not, they're not, they don't actively post a lot to Twitter, but they reply a lot on Twitter. There we go. So that's what you should be doing, guys. So check them out because Melissa uh, knows her indie stuff for sure. Um, I've got some generic bits and pieces from my speed check. Uh, one of which um, is someone who's on the indie at the moment, Chelsea Green. Uh, it reportedly said to re-sign a WWE. Um, that would be interesting. Um, she was being used and then wasn't being used. She went to Impact and now seems to be free to do what she wants. Um, WWE is doing a house show tour in the UK in April. Um, not entirely sure uh, Chris is going to let me go to one of those so close to after the wedding. Because uh, we're getting married literally about two weeks before it. Um, Seamus was written off TV last week. Uh, so he could marry his fiance this week. Um, very sweet, of course, and of course we approve of of this. Um, they got married, they got engaged last year, so good, good for Seamus um, to be tying the knot this week. Um, there's some talk that talk about Money in the Bank a minute ago. Uh, Austin Fury might not cash in until at Money in the Bank 2023, so he only have 90 minutes to cash in before it becomes unavoid. That would be an interesting scenario, for sure. For sure. Um, and uh, Nikki Cross, uh, he just ditched the superhero gimmick and is back to being crazy, crazy Nikki again, which is great. Uh, and Dominic Dijakovic seems to have finally dropped the T bar gimmick. Could be sort of mask being burnt on NXT this week. So please and thank you. Oh, and uh, The Rock's daughter debuted on NXT this week as well. Oh, The, the Rock's daughter, huh? She doesn't have a name. Oh, I, I have forgotten off the top of my head. Um, it's Ava, I believe. Yes, yes. Only uh, reason why I give you only why I give you crap is because of the fan uh, because of the fan cop moments that you're gonna read later. Because <laughs> I know one of our mutual friends has a has a bad cop moment specifically about that. So uh, I know he's gonna love hearing you say the rock's daughter. That's fair enough. But in fairness. I suppose I could also say the Rock's cousin is um is WWE champion right now. But I could be a bit that bit hard. So I did that. Fun fact. Um, I did that to piss off some wrestle bros here in Kansas in person to their faces. I said, "Oh yeah, I heard that like the Rock's nephew or something has the belt now." And I watched this man turn red and try to explode <laughs> because I didn't give like. I was just like not giving like the proper respect to the Usos or Roman Reigns. I was just like, oh yeah, aren't those like the Rock's cousins or nephews or something? And I'm watching this man like escalate in rage. He couldn't say anything. So I'm literally sitting next to Leo Fox and Remington Roar, who are two very scary men. And I'm just watching this fan get just irritated. And he couldn't say a damn thing to me. And I'm like, ha ha ha, yes. Because he was, beforehand, he had been talking about how like he doesn't like female wrestlers because they're just too flashy and i was like buddy i don't know if you and mind you he's wearing a macho man randy savage t-shirt oh the flashiest wrestler who you call flashy (laughs) who you call my guy what do you mean that man just came out and drag him 
I have seen drag. I have seen drag you're queens. You're wearing a less flamboyant, yeah, yeah. Like, like my guy, you are literally wearing the drag queen of wrestling on your shirt right now, and you're gonna t- say that all female wrestlers are too flashy. I'm gonna make your day even worse. That's that's what's happening right now. I'm I'm think, I'm looking I'm thinking through both rosters. I'm thinking, is there a flashy women wrestler on the roster? Oh, I mean, Charlotte. Well, you can, Just Charlotte. You can argue Charlotte, but she's not been on yeah, TV since May. Yeah, like she has. She arguably had like wears her body weight in like Swarovski crystals, but like that's the flashiest we get. That is, that is, that is true. Um, you could argue on the Rowdy, maybe. <sighs> she's not flashy. She's just loud. That's true. That's true. She she is that she she uh she reminds me of a, of a statue with with on a, on a leash. Yeah. Play He's barking on the other side of the fence. Bark 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 bark. But also will rip your face off once you let it off the leash. Mm, exactly. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's skate round. Um, back to round to bad cop moments. Right, Melissa, you are up first for your main bad cop moment of the week, month, year, universe, whatever. Uh, I'm gonna just pick my. I'm just gonna pick my pick my pet for anyone for everyone listening. I have a. I, I did my homework. I have a piece of paper in front of me where I wrote down all my good cop guys. I have probably. seen I'm the. No, I, I did. I've seen the piece of paper, guys. This is an act. Actual handwritten notes. We don't get this off. We get like people typed them up on their notes on their on their phone. I mean, this is done proper old school notes. I'm very proud. Yeah, old school notes. I did it at work last night. Um, but my pet peeve, my biggest pet peeve in wrestling for independent guys. Um, and if there's any independent wrestlers, please God hear me when I say this. Your Twitter handle or your Twitter name, one of the two at a minimum, needs to be your wrestling name. I am not going to hunt you down like Carmen freaking San Diego to follow you on Twitter. And Twitter is this huge marketing ability where I can tweet at you, tweet about you, send pictures of you. It's much more quick and user-friendly than Facebook or anything else. If I can't find your damn Twitter because your handle, and Leo Fox did this because Leo Fox his name, wrestling name is Leo Fox. His Twitter handle is the Sober Slugger, which has nothing like is nowhere near anything in, in his wrestling name or bios when he comes out in the ring. So if I have, a, I have Leo Fox come to the ring and I'm looking for Leo Fox on Twitter and I can't find him because his Twitter handle is the Sober Slugger, that's a problem. Now I can't find you. I can't interact with you. I can't pimp you out to my other wrestling fans. So I desperately need indie guys to make sure your Twitter handles match your wrestling stuff. Because if it's hard to find you, I'm going to give up. And then you're you not going to get any sort of social media recognition. Yes, exactly. I'm not going like, to sit here and play Where's Waldo with your damn Twitter. I'm not. I'm hmm. very old. I'm very lazy. And I don't want to. I love so make it I... easy for me to pimp you out to my friends. I bless you, my dear, but you're not old, okay? You you are at least ten years my junior, okay? I am I am two I am two divorces deep, two 
whole careers deep and three kids deep. I am very tired. I feel like I'm that's in fair. Very valid point on the on the on the side of uh, because there is so many people out there who are independent wrestlers nowadays, and that is not just in the US, the UK, uh, Japan, all around the world. So many independent wrestlers. They you, if you if you haven't got your name out there um, in your bio. People think, well, okay, I'll find the next hot thing out there. If you if you don't if you if you don't want me to share your details, sort of thing, I I totally get your frustration. Well, then also like if you're if like I've also seen like this happen with, like promoters, like promoters, event coordinators, where like they want to post the wrestler's Twitter handle on their Twitter post about the match or about the show, and they can't find you because your shit doesn't match. And mm. like I've literally like, I have friends promoters and they've had this problem where they like i don't know what like what is your twitter handle and it's like oh my twitter handle is you know fluffy cats 49 but like he's like the wrestler is like deathmatch mcgee it's like those two things don't compute get a business twitter i don't care like just make it make sense Mm, absolutely i mean you could totally have one for business and one for pleasure, as it were. I mean, heaven knows to do it for Instagram all the time. Do it for Twitter as well. You know, Elon Musk needs more people signing up to his to his new company that he owns. Don't give me that mm. eye roll. I felt that as well. Good old Elon. Mm-hmm. So, I totally, so, you're ba- so, so the bad cops on that side of things, I totally agree with you on that side of things. My main one... Um, um, it's actually going back to the ninety, you know, to the, to the mid to the late nineties. Actually, uh, we are near twenty. We are near. We're getting on now for nearly, well, not quite twenty years. About about a good fifteen years. Uh, over twenty years, yeah, over twenty years, yeah. Um, Bret Hart and Goldberg. For fuck's sake, we get it, Brett. You don't like Goldberg. Okay, we get it that he ended your career. At the same time, though, Goldberg has apologized so many times. Uh, we we saw unfortunate ends to careers before. Um, uh, Droz comes to mind, unfortunately, a terrible injury he suffered. Uh, Austin's career was cut short of an expected by by one of the best workers and safest workers in the ring. Owen Hart, one of the safest people in the ring, he cut, Owen, cut Austin's career shorter than it should have been. Sometimes mistakes happen. To demand now that they they remove Goldberg from the Hall of Fame, Brett, fuck off. Yeah, like like thirty years later, like my guy, you 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 can be mad thirty years later. That's fine. But you don't get to sit here and want to like burn everything down thirty years later. Yeah, you exactly. As I mean, you could be bitter with, with Goldberg for the rest of your life, by all means. The fact matter is, the Goldberg done a lot of good for the business as well. I mean, w, WCW, whether you loved it or hated it, I personally wasn't the biggest fan of it. They put the company on Goldberg's back, and Ray ran about a hundred eighty plus days plus uh, win streak. It was working, unquestionably. Some of the best matches in WCW in the late nineties were Goldberg matches, hard hitting, short, and that meant you got to see other things like the, the, the great cruiserweights and things like that. 
I think it's time Bret Hart just draws the line under it and just accepts that he's he has to accept on this one he's wrong, I think. I think because I mean, can you hold, do you do hold a grudge for 24, 25 years? I think it's, I think it's not even necessarily that he's been holding a grudge for 25 years. It's that he wasn't allowed to like address his feelings about it until recently. You know what I mean? Or like he, he wasn't able to, or was unwilling to. It's like the time that it happened, it was still a lot of like nut up and shut up situation. So I wonder if he's only just now starting to address like what happened to him. I don't know if he's gone to therapy, who knows? But like, I wonder if he's just now starting to like deal with it and address it personally. And that's why it's just such a fresh thing for him and why his reaction seems really odd for 25 years. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we all know that, that, that Martha doesn't want Owen's name anywhere over WWE. That's why she went AEW for that moment. That's her prerogative, yeah. um, but it's also because of her that Owen Hart and never been in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying that Vince isn't in charge anymore. Martha, just saying, you know, Vince ain't in I charge truly, anymore. I truly think that he's not going into the Hall of Fame until she dies, and then maybe the kids will think about it, but like it, Martha will never let that happen. It will truly have to be after she dies that she that he ends up in the Hall of Fame. Because she's, it's still so fresh for her. I don't think she's ever going to sit here and sign up. She's never going to sign off. Nah, the infamous phrase, over my dead body, comes to mind. Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm, Which is a a shame. It is. But I, I don't, I don't begrudge her. There's a difference between, like, your career being paused. Because it was paused. It didn't end. He did rest Mm. universal. Versus losing the love of your life. In a preventable accident. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't begrudge her the same way I kind of side eye him. But yeah. I mean, let's not forget Bret Hart, whether, whether or not you agree with how it happened, Bret Hart had a match at WrestleMania after that happened. He also won the fucking United States Championship from The Miz. Would he take your bumps? No. Did he, did he still get a W in both red matches? Yes. He really can't fucking complain. He can't, yeah, his like said, his career didn't end. It just, he took a health pause like you're supposed to. Like the research says you need to. And it is what it is. Like you, don't see, you don't see Edge or Daniel Bryan. Or, or Paige now, of course. Or Paige throwing a hissy fit. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's finally gone to therapy. Who knows? Well, if he's not, if he if he has, then thank goodness for that as well. So on that side of things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what else have you got for Bad Cop? Um, if you got anything else, um, I have two things for Bad Cop. One is just really small and petty, in that um, Kansas has no wrestling scene, and it makes me very very sad. That's so I just left. I just left the East Coast. For anyone that doesn't know where I. I'm from, well, not from, but where I just came from. I was in North Carolina. I was two hours away from WrestleCade. We went every year. My son's been going since he was an infant. And so I literally just left like the world of WrestleCade and all these huge East Coast promotions to Kansas. There isn't shit over here in Kansas. 
Um, there's like two small shows an hour and a half, two hours away from me each that run like once a month. And it's just like, it's, it's just something, like, but... It's something, but it's, uh, it just, it's not great. It's all, it's a lot of like backyard wrestlers all the time. Uh-huh. So get... that's... I need to address something at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I was not aware until four, three or four days ago that you had moved to Kansas. Um, so Graham, I'm aware this was a, a prior conversation that the three of us had on, on Twitter. Um, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't fucking know. Okay. I, you and I are friends on Facebook, sir. I posted that I'm in Kansas on Facebook. You did. You did. I have since then. Unfortunately, the problem is, is that when you posted those different pictures of things, is that Facebook decides what's top of your feed. And, and unfortunately, it never puts your beautiful face at the top of my feed. In your defense, I, I don't update. I don't really update anyone on anything anymore. I kind of just exist in this mortal plane. And then whenever we catch up, we catch up just because of my work schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Graham, there you go. Yeah, then. yeah Graham. Don't be a brand. <laughs> so, um, um, what? My other, my other bad cop is that I know for a fact that there is a wrestler who works as an extra for WWE pretty frequently named fodder who is violently anti-vax for the covid vax mm-hmm. he still works for wwe only when they're shooting in florida because they can't legally ask him for proof he's vaccinated so he brings his unvaccinated rear end to wwe every like month if not more to be an extra for them and i know for a fact that he's not within like not in policy for their vaccination requirements for wrestlers like this is a man who like who actively uses like steroids and other illegal supplements to make himself larger, won't get the COVID vaccine, and then still like contracts WWE. I think he's also done AEW, but like I I literally saw him come across like he's friends with my husband, but mm. I don't care about him because honestly he's an insufferable ass. Uh, and he literally just will regularly go to these like work for these companies unvaccinated. And even though they have a vaccine policy, because he only will go to Florida where they legally cannot ask him for proof. And it's such a dirtbag thing to do. And it makes me so angry constantly, especially like with like Roman Reigns, who wrestled in a mask in the crowd because he survived cancer twice. But you're going to sit here and, and use steroids within the COVID vaccines too out of the damn loop. It's it's like peak bad cop and just very, very irritating. Yeah. Yeah person mm, i mean we're two years into the vaccine rollout guys okay it's it's safer to have it than not we know this at this point okay um and obviously we have good cop bad cop we do encourage people out there to get the vaccine of course where possible um so that that falls within our mandate Melissa. so that's absolutely fine um my main rest of my bad cop stuff is pretty much all together um it's sort of a combination of two things. Triple H has ruled out um, never working with CM Punk. Um, that's bad cop because, um, well, CM Punk is very polarizing at the moment. So much so that uh, a lot of people in AEW, top talents in AEW, 
do not want to work with him if he comes back. Um, this is. I'm honestly, I'm honestly impressed that he is like even got the job, especially with what he did with to Colt Cabana following the um mm-hmm. the whole trial where he's like, I'll pay for your lawyer, Colt, and then never did and kind of ghosted him. Yeah, like he he's shown the character of his of himself being not great. People are still like expecting him to like suddenly be a good person, and I'm like it, he's he's shown us that he's not. But okay, this is the unfortunate thing. Yes, this is the unfortunate thing. Um, and then when it all erupted at the uh, at a press conference, obviously people were saying, "Is this is this a work? Is it not?" I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's a work or not. The fact of the matter is, is that that's a press conference that's not where if you should be airing your dirty laundry like that granted it was brought up by 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 a uh, a journalist but you should be professional enough to say like um that's a matter to be discussed another time not here sort of thing here talk about the pay-per-view uh, exactly there, there's professionalism that needs to be done there um there's no professionalism in wrestling anymore there is an element of it when you're doing a a press scrum. Um, I've uh, I've never been involved in a press scrum, but I'm aware of, I'm aware of the sort of thing that goes on at them. But this was just absolutely mental. The fact that Jericho, who had to inform the CEO what was going on, I'm like, what the fuck? Why did Jericho <laughs> tell you? You know what? Because Jericho's a nosy bitch. He knows everything. He, Jericho truly, like, he is such a nosy suburban housewife. He knows everyone's drama. Maybe so, but sometimes it's useful to have someone like that around. But at the same time, he shouldn't be needing them to do that. There should be, there should be a, a proper management structure in place, you know, who were people responsible. Oh, wait, there were, and they got suspended for, for uh, taking Mr. Punk up on his offer. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly... <laughs> I don't know how you I, can. I, I've, got to, I've got to admit this point. How can they actually be mad at the EVPs of AEW being called out and then them not taking him up on the offer? I think honestly, I would have done too. No, but really, but really, if you sit here and you talk all that crap, and then you say, "Fight me, then." All, all right. Like I guess I'm fighting you. I'll take off my necklace. Let's go. And then, like I get suspended because you told me to fight you. That's stupid. Yeah. That's we are in a fighting sport entertainment, and he said, "Fuck around, find out." I wanted to find out. I'm a mm. scientist. I wanted to test a theory. I mean, they for me they fired a steel over what happened. Um, I believe that the Bucks and Kenny are still suspended. They fired the Bucks. They were suspended. They suspended because I don't think they can fire the Bucks. I think they can't either. They suspended them. Oof. Yeah, they suspended. They suspended. They're they really bad, indefinitely as well, from what I can tell as well. Um, I think there's an example out of it. Yeah, maybe so. But the fact of the is that it shouldn't have got to that level in the first place. One thing we've learned over the last ten years is that Phil Brooks is toxic. Yeah. CM Punk is good for business. Phil Brooks is bad for business. Yeah, he's. He's one of those people you bring into the to the arena, like you bring into the, like the the arena, the warehouse, 
five minutes before he wrestles, he wrestles, and then you sh- get him the hell out of the building after he's done. Mm. You don't let him f- around. He is the modern day ultimate warrior. <laughs> yeah, he's it's. I you just described the ultimate warrior there. <laughs> he's just one of those. He's one of those wrestlers where like I don't I don't see the value in his wrestling that supersedes the negatives of his person. No, you know what I mean. Like he's he like his personality and personhood is so toxic at this point. His wrestling does not offset that. No, I mean and if it's I no longer if, worth having him around. If I gave you the choice, because obviously AEW roster is vast, and they've got some amazing talent on that roster now, unquestionably. Would you yeah. rather watch Moxley versus Punk again, or no. would you rather watch Moxley versus someone like Adam Cole? I'd roll with Adam Cole on personally. I would roll with Adam Cole because those are my options, but I would also want I'd want to watch yeah. Moxley wrestle somebody else. Like oh yeah. Honestly, I, I have seven few indie guys that I'd love. Yeah. I mean Cole. I was just, I would have pulling off the top of my head. I mean Moxley versus yeah. uh Orange Cassidy, for example. Yes. Oh please. no, yeah. It's yes, yeah, please. exactly. I just I don't know. The the benefit of CM Punk is no no longer supersedes the the downside of his personhood. And I Wish that more people would like stop looking at CM Punk with nostalgia and start looking at like his more recent actions and stop like because all these wrestling fans are like oh he you know they always bring up the pipe bomb I'm like yeah but that no longer it's not the most that impressive was, thing that's happened that pipe bomb was eleven years ago and, and exactly and people also bring it up like it's a gospel like it's like this holy grail of wrestling and I'm like that's not impressive anymore no we it, have it, had, it had it's... out tell Vince to go fuck with himself on Twitter. While still in contract with WWE, I no longer care about the pipe bomb. No, and Vince has now gone and fucked himself. Oh, he owed a court. Isn't it? Wasn't it like like wasn't it like like eleven million dollars? Uh, um, my my the our legal counsel here says that we uh, we can't speculate on a figure uh, currently, but I believe that is that sort of number. Yes. Well, that's why I asked because so my husband has stock in WWE. Uh, but I I do believe. I do believe that uh, the stock is doing quite well now that Stephanie now that Stephanie is in charge. Uh, as had, usual, it, but... I had a few moments when with that stock that I was like, like my husband bought stocks in WWE. Mm. Two two weeks later, everything with Vince came out. We were like, great, great, yeah. love. Stephanie, <laughs> they put Stephanie in charge, put a woman in charge. Things calmed down straight away. I know how that works. <laughs> Funny that, isn't what? it? Absolutely. And that's a little WTF moment. I've decided that um, Melissa needs to get some more things off her chest. Um, (laughs) uh, So for one week only, this is the WTF cop section. Melissa, you've got a few things here which which you think WTF. Now, whether they're they're wrestling-related or not, I want to hear them. It's really only, like... One wrestling WTF moment. And so on Netflix, there's a show called The Floor is Lava. Yes, we and- have heard about this. I believe season two was supposed to be uh-huh. featuring AEW people. Not season two. It's season, I think it's season, it's season like four, I think. Really? Okay. Uh, season four, episode two. Ah. Um, would you like to take a wild guess which three AEW wrestlers was on, were on this ridiculous show? Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, and I forgot the third one. 
Uh, what was his name? I you can tell I don't watch wrestling much anymore because I read this name and I was like, "Who are you?" Um, I know. Yeah, because I remember that um, Chris Statlander when they when they did the whole trailer for the series, uh, yeah. they didn't include him at all in the trailer, yeah. and I'm like, "This is a big deal," you know. These are big name people on mainstream TV, and you're not including them in the trailer. What are yeah. you thinking? Yeah. So, like, I didn't, I haven't watched the episode because Omar wants to watch it together. He's, he and I work different shifts, so we haven't gotten to it yet. But I was reading article, an article about it. They didn't even mention Statlander in the article. They literally only mentioned that Chuck got out, like, almost immediately, and Orange got out right at the end. They didn't, like, Statlander wasn't mentioned anywhere in the article. And I'm like, first off, first off, I'm confused as to why we have AEW wrestlers doing a campy little Netflix TV show. I'm all for like, it. I, I love seeing. I love seeing the sort of thing that we. I mean, I'm gonna wind back a few years. Do you remember the WWE video game WWE Crush Hour? Yes. That obviously was based around the whole thing that WWE had taken over TV. You had Kane with cooking show and all this sort of stuff. This is basically the same sort of fever dream, basically kids show with with wrestlers taking part in the various games, for lack of a better yeah. term. Uh, and I'm here for it. I'll be really honest. I'm absolutely here for it. But it is I, bizarre. It's hit or miss for me, especially because it always depends on like the wrestlers you're choosing to do it. Yeah. I know nothing about Chuck Taylor. I don't know this man. Mm. Cassidy, I wouldn't have chosen Cassidy for this goofy show. I really wouldn't have. Statlander, I would have. Statlander's a goofy little goofy little thing. She, I'm sure she had a great time. But like, I, like there's like, you have to pick the right wrestler for the silly TV show. You know what I mean? Mm. So it always has to be like, like, honestly, the Young Bucks probably would have had a great time on this. Mm. Um, um, Woke Matt Hardy would have been great for her as well. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I have such a soft spot for Matt Hardy and his wife. Um, they can do no wrong for me. Yeah. And I stand, I've met them several times in person because they lived 30 minutes away from me. Wonderful people. I, I love them. Um, Poor Revy, she just got a unrelated. She just got a tummy tuck, and she is hurting, and I feel so bad for her. Get well soon. Yeah, but that's my wrestling. What the fuck? I was just like, what are, what are like what I read, literally saw it on Netflix. I'm like, what is Orange Cassidy doing? And I want to watch it to see if he just did the entire course with his hands in his pockets. Like, I really want to see if he committed. Oh, I, I he's the sort of person who I think. Get we've seen how amazingly talented he is in the ring with his hands in his pockets um it's i i want to i want to see him do that and i want to i want to have jr and um i want the um the guy who used to do nxt oh um mama mia mama mama mia name the complete my head uh, the play-by-play guy, um, really, really, really popular guy. Yeah, I've got, I've got, yeah. I've got everyone shouting at me now. I can hear that. I, I, Graham shouting at me. Um, oh no, Mauro, Mauro and Ello, Mauro and Ello, uh, Mauro and Jr. in the commentary because it'd be absolutely over the top and fantastic, and I think it would be amazing. Um, but it would be a bizarre one for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's out now on Netflix, guys. So go check it out. Um, we're not sponsored by Netflix, it just feels right to say that it's on Netflix. <laughs> Good. Bad. 
Right, guys, time for some more fan cop moments from you guys out there. We're going to start this week with the Queen of the Indies, Tiffany. Uh, good cop moment, more wrestlers getting on the bridge with Toe Revolution just for me. Well, um, thank you, Tiffany, for that one. Um, <laughs> um, nice to know that you are having a good cop moment with that. Um, on to some other people now. Um, Jerry Jerry, uh, here's Jerry Jerry's thing. I barely watched today's wrestling. Uh, and Graham uh, chimed in saying you didn't watch more than 10 minutes this week. Don't take a week off, Graham. Keep watching wrestling, guys. It's good stuff right now. At UTT Rob, a uh, bad cop moment. Rumors live a dog getting injured at AEW backstage brawl. Not good. We don't like animals getting hurt in general, but particularly in these brawls that keep happening. WTF cop moment. Rumors of CM Punk made up live a dog getting injured rumor. Oh, if that is the case, then that really sucks. Um, and good comment, not wrestling, but the power of a doctor. It was a love letter to the fans. A fantastic episode of Doctor Who. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, at Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21. Um, haven't watched much wrestling this week. However, good comment, Brian Glover, aka World of Sports, Leon Arras. Cameo in American Wealth in London having a chess match with Rick Mayo. That is bizarre, but a yeah, good moment. Bad cut moment. I watched last week's SmackDown and can't remember anything that happened. Last week's SmackDown was really good, as was this week's SmackDown. Uh, I'm recording these after SmackDown um, happened, so I can say that. Um, uh, at Just In Time 211, best cop. Liv Morgan's appearance on the Chucky TV show, best part of the episode, and you get to watch her die. I will say that she is fine. That is just purely on the show. Um, bonus best cop, Kari versus Mayu Iwatani for the IWGP Women's Championship. Fantastic. Always nice to see more uh, Japanese female wrestling. It's always a good thing. Worst cop, Braun Strowman feuding with Omos. I'm prepared to give it a chance. At least Braun Strowman is athletic. He might be able to get a good match out of everyone, so you never know. Um, at Nish Guy, a uh, good cup moment. The Wrestle Witch co-hosting this ish. Absolutely. Melissa's always good to have on this show. Back up moment. Any article for headline, The Rock's Daughter debuts in NXT. Her name is Ava Rain, not The Rock's Daughter. Yeah, I, this is the one that Melissa was hinting at earlier. It, to be fair, it's sometimes a uh, new ring name is hard to remember sometimes. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, at Good Bad Baseball, MGB Mason crushing it with his first disc golf tournament last weekend and Yankees getting swept by the Strohs for best cup. Worst cup, neither Matt nor Micah retweeting last week's episode. Um... I have since retweeted it. Um, based on when it went up, I definitely retweeted it after it was was, was messaged. Uh, my notifications didn't come through to me. One that is entirely on me, so I apologise. Uh, at high five, Tom. Um, amazing cop moment, getting to meet the full BFR triumvirate at Grand Ole Wrestle last week and getting some quality time with BFR BFR JCB. Future great cop moment, Ring of Honor Revelry hanging out in the real life uh, uh, WM 
E R C. I can't remember. I can't. I can't read that out between two people. I can't read them out, mate. <laughs> so sorry. High five, Tom. And there's a great picture there of um, of uh, the band from Inside Team with uh, High Five, Tom. And I do believe, unless I've missed one somewhere, that is everyone this week. And if that is the case, then thank you so much to everybody who messaged in this week. Uh, don't forget to check out next week when Graham puts forward the next Fan Cop Moment Suite and you will hear me about next week for you on Good Cop, Bad Cop. Good. Bad. Guys and gals and non-binary pals, welcome to the Devil's Advocate round of the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling podcast. Um, this is the section where myself and my guest this week, who is Melissa, will be throwing... Um, completely ridiculous statements at each other, uh, which we have to defend as the field of the honest truth. And that they're believing that they are the truth and not um, just something to make us laugh, take it with the DA, DA, Michael Pellegrini at Dying Format. So, now the leaving of taking that out of the way, Melissa, as the guest, you have a prerogative if you go first or second. I'll go first. Okay, so then you have 20... Okay, so you're going to receive first, yes? Yeah. Okay, do you want wrestling or non-wrestling? Uh, let's do wrestling. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so Melissa, you have 20 seconds to defend this statement. <clears throat> All these surprises are just meh. I want WWE to go back to announcing all returns way ahead of time. Honestly, announcing them way ahead of time is preferred for me. I'm an anxious person. I don't like wondering who's showing up, especially on like my favorite TV show. I do so adore WWE. I just I want to be able to grow the hype in my own body. And I also want to watch wrestling bros just go feral on Twitter about it. That was a perfectly defended Devil's Advocate. Well done, my dear. I honestly kind of do want them to announce more. Like, so I can just watch Twitter, Twitter bros just, like, lose their crap for, like, a month. The, the, it feeds um, my soul. Returns have been brilliant, though. Because all the ones that have come back in time have been wonderful. And they've been fan favourites, as far as I'm concerned. Not the last time they've fucking come back, I'll be happy. Right, so, what do you have for me, Melissa? Ooh, so I pulled this one out of um, last week's episode when you guys were talking about this. Okay. Specifically for you. So I need you to defend the statement. AEW doesn't need health and safety policies. Workers just need to work safer. Well, this is the thing, you see. Safety is something that people need to just know is something that happens in life. If you work safer, you don't need policies. Uh, you also don't need to talk about having any medical degrees with medical people at ringside because, let's face it, a vet could do the job for that. Not even that, a, cor- a, a coroner could do a job better than a doctor there. There's some irony, sir, in saying a veterinarian can do the medical fields for the medical stuff for that as you, as you sit here and talk to the veterinary nurse. <laughs> well, to be fair, they spend a lot more time at, at college than, the doc- than doctors do. Mommy. Yeah, and then we have to, we have we have different species and different breeds within each species Mommy. have different requirements. <laughs> it's okay. It's it, it, it is um it, in my opinion, I think that's a uh, valid point. Right. Okay. So, Melissa, your non wrestling one for twenty seconds. 
you have to defend this statement. <clears throat> the child acting industry is perfectly fine. Honestly, the child acting is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. I, like, you got to get these kids making money early. You got to—they got to—they have to add to capitalism. Capitalism is the only thing that keeps us going, and it starts with the youth. We have to get the youth involved in this machine of dirty, dirty capitalism. <laughs> For people who don't know what that's from, check out Crypto's Cracker from two years ago, <laughs> because that was a the direct. Um, one for our dear friend Mags, who decided to reset Melissa's right rant every and single I, I knew in my heart of hearts you were going to bring up child acting. I knew you were. And there's some irony in you bringing that up because I actually have been enveloped in several conversations about child acting recently because they have, re- they, uh, they have released a show same network that AMC, AMC has released Interview with a Vampire, the TV show. And in Interview with a Vampire, there's a child who's turned into a vampire, Claudia. And yeah. in the book, she's five years old. In the show, she's 14. Right. And people are pissed. They're like, how could they age her up so much? Blah, blah, blah. And I had to sit here and tell people, did you expect them to find a five-year-old child actor to do the things in that book? Mm-hmm. And people dead ass did not think the impl- about the implications of keeping her five meant having a five-year-old child actor doing the things Claudia did in the book. For the benefit is- of the tape, we will not go into that here for those reasons. Yeah, like it would be illegal to have a child actor do those things that Claudia did in the book. So they mm. aged her up to 14 so that when they had an 18-year-old, 19-year-old actress, she's very young, but she's a very good actress. Um, so that we had an, a, a young teenage actress, it's first off legal and second all appropriate. Yes. So I've actually been having a lot of com- I've been having a lot of conversations recently about child acting and aging up in books to make um, filming humane. Like, <laughs> why would I want a five year old to film Claudia? Nope, 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 nope. No. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the book. I think it's I think it's really powerful, but I think yeah. I think there's also a time and place for it, and that is not it. They pushed it having the young child that they did in the movie. And they cut out almost everything of Claudia in the movie because of the age of the actress. Mm. So it's... Just, I've, it's, I've had a lot of conversations. It's discretion and decorum. And, exactly. And as if to actually sort of prove your point a little bit, uh, the fact that they actually made me listen to you a little bit and made things better. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I knew you were going to ask me that. I knew it. I knew it in my heart of hearts. Well, bring it to me, then, and throw me mine on missing one, then. Disney is overrated and overpriced. Disney is extremely overrated and overpriced. Very overpriced thing, particularly. Do you know how much it is to get Magic Kingdom if you go to Disney World and you haven't booked in advance? We're talking close to $150 for the day. And that's before you factor in Disney Genie, of course. It's overpriced and it is massively overhyped. And that was like swallowing fire, you bitch. <laughs> I came up with that last night. All right. So the fact that we were talking earlier about you and your florist tickled me pink because I knew I was about to ask you to bash Disney. And it it brings it took off, it, it added several years to my life, frankly. The, um, like my wrinkles on, it's great. Well, like yeah, my brothel. 
the overpriced part, I will I will say there are certain things which certainly could be cheaper. There are, I mean, for example, there is a the Victorian Alberts at the um, Grand Floridian um, on the property, for example. If you want to have a meal there, it's twenty courses. Yeah, but it's also like it's like a small taste. It's like literally like a, like, a, like a mouthful for each one. So it's not exactly a a big meal, as it were. But you're also looking at close to a grand each for that. Yeah, I would much rather go for Diamond Horseshoe and have all you can eat Thanksgiving meal for uh, for thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's there's only ways to make Disney cheaper, but like I recognize that Disney also knows that they they have a niche of like luxury Disney that they can absolutely bleed you dry for, and people will still say thank you. So it, it's certainly a lot. I I've, I've been pre pandemic and during pandemic, so I've experienced the whole being able to hug the characters and where the characters you know nowhere near them, but now they're all yeah. back again. So I'm like. I need to get all the autographs again. I need to go get all the hugs again, all the pictures again. Mm-hmm. But but that's me, you know, and I'm very proud of it. I do not care. I do not care. I'm very happy about you're that. Such, you're such a rabid Disney adult. It, it makes it makes my soul nice and warm. One what? of my instructors from tech school was also, like, she had a Disney wedding. Mm. Um, oh, we could, we would. I know you would. Oh, I know. Um, and then one of my other dear friends, she um, she's going to Disney Paris for Christmas. We were going to do that for a honeymoon. Uh, our mm-hmm. mother-in-law is a Disney Vacation Club member at Disney Florida, wow. and she was going to give us some points for the accommodation for Paris. And then she found out that for, the, for three nights in Paris, we'd have 10 days in Florida. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're like, Florida, here we come. <laughs> I, I wanted, I, I think I want, like, because I've gone to Florida when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Uh, and I really do want to go to Disney Paris just once, just because like I, I we'll do Paris for sure because Chris used to work there, and it's literally like it's literally like eight hours on the train. Yeah, it's it's a little bit farther for me, but <laughs> true. But 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 Florida is closer for you, so not anymore. Because I'm in be, the Midwest. It would still be closer to you than Paris is to you. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, it's Florida used to be like eight hours, eight mm. to ten hours away from me. Now I'm looking at like twenty four to thirty hours. Graham's be shouting at me, me in the comments like, "Why are you guys talking about Disney still?" Because I run the show this week, Graham. Why? Well, Graham, if you didn't, Graham. if you didn't want us to talk about Disney, maybe you should have um, done up. your work after and come onto the podcast. But mm. you didn't. Now you get to listen in pain while we derail this train several times. It's not my fault. Absolutely. But if, so let's dig a little deeper, uh, as it were. Thank you very much, Mr. the Frog. There, um, Melissa. Why don't you tell people out there if they want to get in touch with you, where they can get in touch with you? Oh, if you want to get in touch with me, don't. No, I'm kidding. I'm mostly kidding. Hold on. I have to pull. So my Twitter is the Wrestle Witch. It's very simple. Um, I make sure my branding is the same across all of my platforms, unlike some independent wrestlers. <laughs> um, I am moderately active on Twitter. I mostly just look at people um, just because I work nights and sleep during the day and I'm growing a human being. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody, but if you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter at the wrestle, Witch. Um, you can usually find Graham or Matt or any of the wrestling seven yelling at me on Twitter for something at any given time. 
Well, absolutely. We love you, Melissa. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Graham will hopefully be back next week. Fingers crossed. Question mark? Question mark, indeed. Uh, If he doesn't doesn't come back, you and I should just do Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestle, but it'd be only Disney. Oh. (laughs) Okay, Graham, make your favorite threat, mate. He'll be back next week, guys. Um, He's just going to broad arm sweep his desk like, I'm done. I'm done with all my work. (laughs) I would. We're out of here, guys. Take care. Music was Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. HTTP colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0 slash.